Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. But right now, we go out to the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline as we welcome in our first guest of the night. He is Michael McCann, legal expert at Sportico, also an attorney and law professor at Sports Entertainment and Law Director at the University of New Hampshire Law School of Law. Uh, Michael McCann joining us now. Michael, I appreciate you jumping on with us, man. I appreciate this even more so because there are certain conversations where the line between sports and the law sort of blur together, and I'm not always well-equipped enough to talk about all these things. So I read your piece on everything going on with the Bally stuff, and I'm so interested just to pick your brain and get more in-depth with them and understand the, the, the nuances of what's going on right now. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Spencer. Obviously, a lot's going on with the, bank, with the pending bankruptcy, and most likely it won't affect fans in terms of watching games, but it will affect how these leagues do business with regional sports networks going forward. So to get into that a little bit more, I, I guess, can you explain, uh, uh, listen, I thought the article you wrote, um, again, at Sportico was was fantastic, um, and I'll be sure to share it a little bit later as well so people can find it, but uh, just explain for the listeners and sort of paint the picture of what is playing out right now with this bankruptcy situation uh, and who... Um, who owns the Bally Networks now, and what happens now that they're going to start missing payments and enter this bankruptcy? Yeah, so Diamond Sports is the is the company that's that sort of is uh, Bally in terms of what in terms of these regional sports networks. And the the basic issue is that Diamond is having all sorts of of debt issues, at least that that have been reported, and they're not going to be able. To from what we know, to make relevant payments. And that's not unusual with the bankruptcy because the initial, because usually those with, with an interest in seeing the, the company be able to reorganize don't want it to spend all of its cash because then it won't be able to reorganize and it could really go under. This approach that they're likely to take is, is a reorganization, Chapter 11, that will essentially allow people that it owes money to to gain equity in it is the gist of it. So in exchange for debt, you get equity. So it will have a different structure. Mm-hmm. It will look different. It will lead to different negotiations with leagues and teams, particularly teams, for broadcasting rights. 
I, I don't think it's going to – I mean, a, a fan watching games most likely isn't going to be impacted by this. I, mean, that, that, that's, that, I think that's the most likely scenario. It's not the only scenario because things could get bad. The plan is to reorganize and reorganize in a way in which everyone goes into the bankruptcy in agreement. And then the hope is that the bankruptcy judge will approve what they come up with. It doesn't always work out that way. It can be more contentious. It can lead to real problems that last a while. So it remains to be seen how it's going to shake out. So the goal with what you're sort of explaining, it sounds like to me, is that they want to try to prevent Bally and the, the Diamond Sports Group from just going under entirely and sort of have it still be a functioning entity when they get out the other side of this. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. Exactly. Um, so big picture, what does this mean? Again, we're talking with Michael McCann, legal expert for Sportico. You can follow him on Twitter, at McCann Sports Law. B- uh, big picture, what does this mean for the future of Bally, of Bally Sports as a whole? I guess you kind of painted that a little bit where we don't know the full, uh, fully what's to come. But what does it also just mean for the finances of the teams? Because in a market here like Cleveland, that money not being paid could obviously have major implications on a team's payroll. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the league, certainly baseball more than the other leagues, has a, has a huge stake in this, right? Because the season's about to start with basketball and hockey. The seasons are mostly over. But for Major League Baseball, this really could be a huge problem for the reason you just said, Spencer, in terms of teams need the money. Now, what we understand is that there will be a way for the money to be paid. I think at the end of the day, I think it's unlikely that we're going to see uh, sort of a short fall in payment that has a real impact on teams. But that's assuming that the reorganization goes swimmingly, that they, that those that owe, the creditors and debtors can, can get together and come up with a plan. I think what will be interesting, and hopefully it doesn't happen, but if, in fact, they don't agree and they go into bankruptcy in a contentious posture, then I don't know what happens. And then we'd have to look at when payments are due, you know, uh, what's been paid already. I mean, there are all sorts of factors that come into play, but it, it's a much more chaotic situation. So where does that money come from if the network isn't able to pay it, but you're saying, at least in the short term, it, it doesn't. there's not going to be defaults where these teams can't bank on at least having that money and that revenue stream coming in? Where does that money actually come from if it's not coming from the networks? Yeah, so they can borrow. I mean, it sounds it sounds weird to think like a bankrupt company can go borrow more money, but they can. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's one way if it's allowed by the judge and if it's part of a more uh, structured bankruptcy. There's a possibility of borrowing more money, which I know doesn't sound great, right? But but it would likely be in conjunction with others gaining equity. So it could very well be here's some money, we get equity, you pay that money, everyone's okay. At the core of all this is the fact that consumers are cutting the cord, if I'm correct, because all these networks, they sign these deals with these cable companies, and they just kind of believe that they did believe that it would just continue to go up in terms of the revenue stream and the rights to these these uh, broadcasting rights were just going to continue to be a thing and people are just going to continue to have them on their cable package. But as people have gone to streaming and cord cutting and all the cart. That's gotten a little bit more complicated. Am I right in that being sort of the root of some of the financial issues that Bally has seen? Yeah, that's the big picture issue. I mean, th- this situation might resolve itself in some way that doesn't have a real impact 
on this season. But I think what you're hitting at is sort of the, the structural issue that's not going away, that as people cut cable and as they stream games on either their computer or handheld device or on their TV uh, through an app, I, I think that's just going to have a real impact on how much all of that is worth and who's yeah. paying, right? I mean, that, and, and what are teams getting out of it? And what does that mean for smaller market teams versus large market teams? And should baseball distribute revenue more evenly? I mean, there are all sorts of like big picture things that I think that's really, this is just sort of, this situation will be resolved, but I don't. I think that the issue that you're hitting at, I don't know how that gets resolved because it's going to have a real impact on, on how we on how we consume games. Well, and that's where I think the future of Bally is very ominous, and the Diamond Sports Group is ominous because you, you mentioned and you continue to mention like, yeah, ultimately I think the end goal is they come out of this and they're still an organization, they're still functioning. But if MLB decides like, hey, we want to change the way we do this. And I will say, like, and hearing Rob Manfred speak about this, uh, I think last week, he seemed like almost excited about the the idea of of baseball being able to kind of recoup these these rights and finding more modern platforms to disperse them on. Um, so I, I guess, like, what does a, a future of this sport maybe look like in your eyes? I know this is a little bit outside the box in terms of where your jurisdiction lies from the legal standpoint, but what do you think baseball or some of these other sports envision in the, in terms of where their sports end up being streamed next? Yeah, I think the leagues want to own all the content from start to finish and make money off it without feeding it to, to others. I think that's really yeah. their ultimate goal. And the, the, the interesting thing about baseball is that because their fan base tends to be a little bit older, I just wonder how that's going to work. I mean, I, I think of, you know, uh, senior citizens, are they really streaming apps to the same degree as a younger audience? And if baseball does migrate towards a system that's less on TV or, or less on, on ca- cable TV and more on streaming, uh, yeah, how, how, does that, how does their fan base adjust to that? Maybe it turns out fine, but I think these leagues are in different positions given the, the dem- demographics of their fan bases. Well, and to your point, like it feels like there's a lot more risk with um, maybe. Here's the way I look at it: like when you hear baseball recouping the rights or other sports recouping the rights that are are part of the Bally networks, it seems like it'd be a good thing because listen, all the complaints as you I'm sure have heard from fans is that like, well, my games are blacked out on this platform or I can't watch it, and you would think like, okay, this is a good thing from a fan standpoint. But for the league, it's maybe not, right? Because there's a lot more risk in them maybe just being like, hey, we're going to make our product a la carte because then you're saying, hey, it's up to you. And if enough people decide, eh, I don't need baseball in my life until we get to the postseason, then maybe they're not making the money versus right now with these cable packages. It was all kind of built in and guaranteed. Yeah, I, I, think, you're, I think you're right. And, and I think of – and they have to be mindful – of that issue that if it becomes harder to watch the game, I mean, there are obviously blackouts are the worst, but uh, I mean, I just think I have an 87 year old father who loves watching Red Sox games and, you know, finding a game on a streaming app is not, yeah. and he'll figure it out, but that's not the same as just putting the channel on. Right. And, and I don't know. I think baseball has to be really conscious and I'm sure they are just, who's watching these games? What, what is the age group? And are they as 
technolo- technologically savvy as maybe the demographics of fans of the NBA, for instance, which is going to skew younger. For sure. Diamonds expected bankruptcy likely to take shape in the shadows. The latest piece or one of the latest pieces by Michael McCann over at Sportico. It's a, it's a great, um, it it does a great job really diving into a lot of this stuff. And again, stuff that I think for a lot of, a lot of people is over their head. You can follow Michael at my, at McCann sports law on Twitter. You mentioned a team like the, the Red Sox who obviously have their own network in Nesson and there's others, you know, the Yankees have yes, um, so what? how does this work, I guess, in terms of – because there's, there's the group that is collected within the Bally's, and then outside of that, there's other teams that have functioning networks that are kind of on their own. So how does the how does that work from if something were to happen with Bally, they go bankrupt and, the, and baseball is able to recoup those rights, what does that mean for the rest of these networks? Do they end up getting all of them back, or can they only really take the ones from Diamond Sports Group? I would think they can only take the ones from Diamond because Diamond can only give them what they have, right? So mm. you, you mentioned Nesson in Boston or Yes in New York, and they are functioning. They seem to be doing well. And I, I can't imagine the ownership groups there are going to be interested in in relinquishing those rights. I mean, I guess if you, they, you cut them a big check, maybe they do. I don't know. But it, it, it is, as you said, it's going to be the rights that Bally has and not the rights broadly. So... I've got to think they, they've thought through that, and maybe they do have a plan for just going with the regional networks that are affected by the bankruptcy. But if their plan really is claw back all of the rights from all of the teams, I assume they're going to have to pay for that. And what would it take for the league to ultimately uh, recease these these rights? Is it an option now that bankruptcy is playing out, um, or – is it something that until there's maybe a breach of contract, they can't actually try to get them back? Yeah, that's right. So there's they can't take, as I understand it, they cannot take the rights back right now because there's no breach. And even if there is a breach, it's not clear that the remedy is they that Bally yeah. loses all of its rights or or how quickly that happens. It would depend on what the regional sports contract network contemplates as the remedy. But I imagine baseball would be pretty aggressive in trying to get the rights back. Uh, but but I, I, I'm, I'm of the view that, at least from what I hear, they probably will get something done that's, that doesn't disrupt the season. But I do think even if they get through the season, these bigger issues are really going to really confront baseball and teams going forward. Couple minute, couple more minutes of Michael McCann. He's a legal expert at Sportico, also an attorney, law professor at the uh, University of New Hampshire School of Law. Um, why do teams? This is more of a broad question for you, Michael. Like, why is it that it's in the past teams have sort of agreed to these longer term TV deals and sort of surrendered the leverage? Because with the fact that it seems every year these TV contracts for a long period of time were just going up, up, up. Why was it that they were so comfortable kind of giving up the leverage of, well, every year we can renegotiate this and make more money and just deciding to lock into these long-term contracts? Because in a moment like this where streaming has become a thing, it's kind of bitten them in the butt a little bit. Yeah, and maybe, maybe they, they didn't see the change happening so quickly. I and mean, I think that I think it's caught a lot of businesses off guard. How much – also the pandemic, I think, had an effect. I think people became yeah. – more tech savvy during the pandemic, you know, sitting home watching these apps. I think it really changed how people 
watch entertainment, not only just sports, but generally. And maybe they just didn't forecast, they wouldn't have forecast the pandemic or sort of the more disruptive changes that occurred. And I don't, I don't mean disruptive in necessarily a bad way, just like people watch TV differently now. He is a legal expert for Sportico, an attorney, and a law professor at the University of New Hampshire's Franklin Pierce School of Law. You can follow him on Twitter at McCann Sports Law. And again, you want to check out the piece on Sportico, Diamonds Expected Bankruptcy Likely to Take Shape in the Shadows. He just laid it out for you. Unlikely to affect your viewing experience as fans, but certainly could impact the finances down the line and where and how we consume these games in the future. Michael, thank you so much for the time, man. I'm I'm grateful that on some level, even though some of this stuff has been kind of controversial, like the Deshaun Watson stuff a year ago, but I'm grateful that it's allowed me opportunities to bring you on and pick your brain and get more into the weeds on this stuff that certainly is not my expertise. So I appreciate you giving us some time, man. I do hope we get to do it again sometime soon. Thank you so much. You got it. Thanks for having me. Have a good night. You too, Michael. Thanks. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.